We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested, sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I'm doing this on my lonesome today, <laughs> so uh, JC wasn't here to set up my camera, so you get to see a little bit more of the studio than you probably would if JC was here. You get my mason jar with my kombucha on it. We'll hide that behind the behind the speakers <laughs> In case somebody wants to spread some rumors that Chris Ann is, so <laughs> is, is sipping on the sauce during this show. Um, so glad to have you here with me today. You guys are cracking me up. Happy to this fantastic, friendly, funny Friday that we got going on here. Oh, I just got my non-compliant movie background and my non-compliant movie t-shirt. I'm so pumped up about the uh, documentary being out that I can hardly stand it. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm so encouraged by so many of everybody actually standing up and uh, hosting the premieres that will begin. Uh, actually, our first premiere is going to begin um, in, uh, let's see, our first premiere begins on June 30th. And it's kind of an advanced premiere thing because the filmmakers, right, Viram Film, are do hosting the premiere in, uh, in uh, uh, where did it go? Oh, did I do something wrong? Okay, we'll try this again. The filmmakers, you know, Viram Films, director, is hosting a premiere on June 30th in Manti, Utah. So if you are in Manti, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Manti, 
Utah. If you are in Manta, Utah, and you want to attend the very first live premiere of non-compliant at the Manti City Building Theater Room. <laughs> Gonna be in a theater room. How exciting is this? Like, ah, a theater room. Um, you can attend there. Admission is at no cost. You know, I don't use those words free. But admissions uh, is at no cost to you. And starts at 6.45 p.m. And afterwards, not to like, can you keep a secret? Here's the secret. Afterwards, JC and I will be appearing via Zoom to talk to and maybe even answer some questions from the people in the audience there. So if you are anywhere near driving, flying, you need to go to Manti, Utah, June 30th, 6.45 p.m. Now, there will be other places where we will be holding premieres, and we will make sure that everybody knows about those places um, so that you can be a part of that and you can be a part of, of who we are and what we're doing. And... Uh, if you want to host your own uh, premiere, contact us now and you can DM me through Instagram. Do not send me a message through Facebook. I will not receive your message from Facebook, but you can DM me through Instagram or you can write us at libertyfirst.legal. If you go to libertyfirst.legal and fill out the contact form, then you will be able, then Sonny will get in touch with you and tell you how you can get on board with doing the premieres. And then what we're going to do is we're going to start announcing, like we did just now, the locations and times of the premieres so you can find one that's near you. But we don't have to do that here, right? Because everybody here is going to be hosting their own review, right? <laughs> just saying. Everybody's going to be hosting their own review. So, uh, make sure that you sign up and do your premiere, rather, not review. And if you've seen the movie, go to noncompliant, there it is right there at the top, noncompliantmovie.com, and post your review. So excited to have everybody. You know, when, I'm, when JC's not with me, I feel kind of lonely. So, I like looking into the chat room and seeing everybody that's here. Michael from Indiana was the first one. He should get, like, the first the first one arriving award. And then Nate, of course, Nate Bama, uh, was the second one. And then Val, the third. And then all our locals, all of our regulars, St. Mary, Georgia, Gainesville, Florida, uh, Illinois, Andrea from, A Andrea from Illinois. Love all of this. Uh, Gabriel, uh, Gabriella says she's going to be driving today. Elkhart, Indiana. Discover Bay, California. Outstanding. We're, we may be going to California here shortly, so make sure you stay in touch at chrisannhall.com so that you can be aware of all of our future events. This one made me funny. Commonwealth of Taxachusetts. <laughs> 
I love it when you guys get funny. Jonesboro, Arkansas. Hey, Roger, you saw my post. We're going to be in Bentonville. In Bentonville, Arkansas, doing a special Independence Day on 4th of July event. Uh, 4th of July event, because Independence Day is July 2nd. But we will be celebrating Independence Day on 4th of July. Sunday, July 4th, River Church of Northwest Arkansas in Bentonville, Arkansas. You can get the details by going to chrisannhall.com or going to Facebook or YouTube. If you go to chrisannhall.com and click on the calendar, we'll even get you a map, right? So you can learn to, you know, how, how to get there. So um, join us on the 4th of July to celebrate Independence Day. Speaking of Independence Day, I wanted to let you guys know that we have the segment up on social media where Sonny and I are talking about Independence Day and how the federal government legally changed our national independence day to Juneteenth. Let me show you a post that I have Obviously. on Instagram. We are not in the studio, but this is Sonny and I on the road in Washington State in our hotel room. And you can catch this video and it has at Instagram, and you can catch the video on Facebook and also on YouTube. But it's a short 13-minute video that will help you explain to your friends and family members the history behind Independence Day, how Independence Day is actually July 2nd, and how the federal government in the late 1800s declaring Independence Day to be July 4th is how we can end up now in 2021 with a new Independence Day invented, created by the federal government in June. So there you have it. Those who do not know their history are doomed to lose it. How's that? Greetings, everyone out there. Um, moonshine. Uh, uh, yeah, not moonshine. Just a mason jar with kombucha. None of that going on. So thank you, everybody in the room. So glad to have you with me today. Uh, and we're going to be covering some stories that you need to hear um, to understand what is actually going on in America today. Back to our Instagram. I love this picture. JC is talking to us today on JC Hall's Instagram page about Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom. Officially to face recall. He's not going to be able to escape that uh, second in the state of California's history. And hopefully we can be singing to Gavin Newsom. Bye-bye. Right? Na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye, Gavin Newsom. Na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na. Hey, goodbye. Yeah, I mean, seriously, California deserves better than Gavin Newsom. And if you don't know that, um, if you don't know that, then you have to understand that the minority opinion in California is Gavin Newsom. Now, you'll find that minority opinion in majority in the urban areas. But 
most of California is not urban. And most of California is agricultural. And there are many, many, many patriots in California. And we're just, we're happy to be able to bring to them the education on liberty and to see them take back their state governments and demand that Gavin Newsom be fired. I mean, seriously, fired. This is another one of the posts that Sonny has made for me today for Instagram. The walls of tyranny tumble with just a grain of truth. Isn't that awesome? And I always try to give you a little lesson that goes with all of that. You can catch those on Facebook and on Instagram. I will later post them on LinkedIn as well if you follow me there. You know, the Justice Department. The Justice Department. I, I just, I'm, I'm withholding many cackles, many Kamala cackles over the idea that um, Merrick Garland was somehow going to be a non-political, <laughs> a non-political appointee, Merrick Garland. Come on now. Like I said, every day I sing the Lord's praises that Merrick Garland was not put on the Supreme Court of the United States uh, because the, I don't think Merrick Garland goes to the bathroom without you know, dragging his political agenda with me, with him. He is absolutely a politically motivated hack that can do nothing but operate based on uh, power-grabbing, agenda-driven, tyranny-minded activities. So the Justice Department has filed a lawsuit against the state of Georgia to stop, quote, racially discriminatory provisions of the new voting law. Let me just read this to you today. The U.S. Justice Department announced today that it filed a lawsuit against the state of Georgia, the Georgia Secretary of State, and the Georgia State Election Board over recent voting procedures adopted by Georgia Senate Bill 202, which signed into law on March 2021. The United States complaint challenges provisions of the Senate Bill 202 under Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. Now, I have read a good portion of this lawsuit, and I know that the Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, referring back to the 15th Amendment, the federal government is alleging that Georgia Senate Bill 202 violating the 15th Amendment is an unconstitutional prohibition on uh, to, to stop black people from voting. I mean, that's what it is. So uh, what we have now is a complete and utter lie. Okay? So uh, Senate Bill 2002 does not stop black people from voting. And even the argument, which is practically non-existent at the DOJ level, um, even the argument that requiring a voter ID 
requires people to pay a poll tax or requiring a voter ID, which they don't make the poll tax argument, by the way, but requiring the voter idea, ID uh, disenfranchises minorities in, in lower economic stations from voting. So it is a violation of your rights to require an ID because some people can't afford one. That's the bottom line. Here's the thing. Georgia. Georgia. Should we pull a a Biden? Georgia gives away free IDs. You don't have to pay for an ID in Georgia to vote. So there is no argument, guys. Georgia will give you an ID for free at the ta- at the cost of the taxpayers if you cannot afford a if you cannot afford an ID and you want to vote, you can go get one from Georgia at no cost. Now, mind you, if you are in economic hard times and you need uh, a government assistance check, you're going to have to have an ID to get your government assistance check. If you want to drive to the voting place, you're going to be required to have a driver's license to drive to the voting place, or you're going to have to pay some Uber guy or gal to drive you there. If you want to vote and you have a car, you will not only have to have a driver's license to get to the voting place, you know, to to legally get to the voting place without violating the law that the, the liberals have no problem with driver's licenses. They have no problem with requiring IDs to get federal assistance in money or food or whatever. And if you drive in your car, you will have to have a license plate on your car to legally get to the voting place. So licensing in certain areas that are favorable to, whoa, what just happened there? Let me see if I can fix this. Licensing, you guys don't want to see me that big. Licensing to that... uh, is favorable to the Democrat Party, is okay. But when it suits their position, it's not okay. So what I'm going to do here, let me see if I can do it. I'm going to play this little video for you while I hop up and figure out what happened to the camera. I'll be right back. All right, without further ado, Chris Ann Hall, Chris Ann Hall, Bachelor's degree from Biochemistry, Biochemistry, Biochemistry from Akron College, and her Juris Doctor from the University of Florida. She served in the U.S. Army, 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 Army military, 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 intelligence, linguist. Prosecutor, 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 prosec
He has written he six, has written books, six books on American history, on American and the US history and the US Constitution. Her son is a regular radio podcast, podcast, and programs. Chris Ann Hall! Good. At, I think I got the camera fixed. I'm <laughs> not sure what happened. Uh, can I remind people in the chat room? Because, uh, you know, when I'm by myself, I don't get to monitor the chat room like I want to. Uh, but let me explain to you something very clearly, people in our chat room. If you are going to use profanity in my chat room, you will be kicked out you're not going to call people names you're not going to use profanity i will kick you out and you will not come back just a word of warning just so you understand whatever discussion you're having there if you're going to start cussing you are going to be banned all right i don't think that i need to make any more Comments about that. I know you guys, some of you are having your own discussion that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. And I'm not going to be overtly irritated about that. But if you can't pay attention to what's happening here, then go find your own chat room and talk about something else there. Because, and by the way, for the things that you're talking about, I have lots of different uh, training videos to help you. Uh, I, I watched what was part of, at least part of what discussion is happening there. So I want to uh, share with you just because I love you and just because my, um, you know, I'm a teacher. So I want you guys to have the best information possible. So let me go ahead and give you a little bit of, uh, let's see, I'm going to find it for you. Um, it is a video. It is a short video and it is a short video called parable, uh, the parable of uncle Sam, uh, and I'm sorry, uncle Sam and the dromedary, a parable of constitutional principles. Now I'm going to share this link with you. Okay, so as you're discussing this issue of presidential importance, if you are having the discussion, so now you don't have to have this discussion while we're talking about other things, okay? You need to go and watch this video after our show is over. It is called, I'm going to go ahead and open it up here on YouTube. It's your so favorite you family tradition. See it. Um and know what it looks like and know what to look for. So let's see. All right, there we go. So this is Uncle Sam and the dromedary. Hey, Uncle Sam and the dromedary, a parable. Dromedary is an elephant, right? No, no, it's a camel. Oh, camel, yeah, yeah, camel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uncle Sam and the Dromedary, a parable of constitutional principles. 
So let me introduce you to our one of our main characters. Meet Sam. Uncle Sam owns a dromedary farm. A very, very successful dromedary farm. One day, a dromedary came up to Uncle Sam and said to Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam, I'd like to be your lead dromedary. Uncle Sam says, well, it's very nice to meet you, Miss Dromedary, but there are specific rules about who can be my lead dromedary. So Sam pulls out his rule book and explains to Madam Dromedary the rules. No camel except a natural-born camel or a camel of the Sam's land at the time of the adoption of this constitution shall be eligible to be lead camel. Neither shall any camel be eligible to be lead who shall not have attained the age of 35 years. And All right, so let's just be very clear because I'm not going to get into this discussion today, but I'm showing you where you can get the information on this discussion. Uh, right there, I showed you the video. Go look at it. And just to enlighten those who are confused in the room, the distinction is not is, is, that you need to understand is between a citizen and a natural born camel that's the difference that's what you need to know the difference in and there are plenty of things where i can uh teach you let me show you another thing here on chrisannhall.com so i will show you this one uh let me pull it up for you really quick i know it's sort of taken a little uh, detour, but we need to help people out there. Since this seems to be important to you guys, maybe something I can help you with. Um, let's see. Uh, nah, I'll find it for you. Just give me one second. I should just show you. Let, let me go ahead and share this with you so you can so you can find out how you find things on my website. We go to chrisannhall.com. We hit the search button here. Then we type in these words. If you want this exact phrase, you can choose this exact phrase. And you want articles. So then we search here. And then we see we have five results. Okay. All right. So what you want is this article right here. This article is the principles and purpose of the natural born citizen limitation. In this, um, I give you the link to another document. We'll explain to you uh, about the founder's position on this. Whoops. But I actually am showing you in this article why it's important that it's not just naturalized, um, but a natural born, right? So being president of the United States is not just about being naturalized. It's about being natural born. So if you want to understand how all that works, I've given you the tools. There's no reason to have this discussion in my chat room anymore. And there is never a reason for uh, profanity in my chat room. So here we go. The Justice Department, like I said, is has filed this lawsuit against the state of Georgia, a lawsuit that has absolutely no merit whatsoever. Uh, but I want to point out to you something very important. 
that we're back on track. The Justice Department is not filing this lawsuit because they think they're going to win. The Justice Department is not filing this lawsuit so they will have a judicial victory in a court of justice. The Justice Department, under Merrick Garland, who knows nothing but political motivation, is filing this lawsuit so that they will win in the court of public opinion. Absolutely right, PNW95. It is intimidation. It is to make the public believe that there is a reason why Georgia is racist. To be like the stupid Major League Baseball and boycott Georgia. To be like Delta Airlines and boycott Georgia. To be like, I don't know, whatever other businesses are boycotting Georgia. Right? It's just, it's just idiocy. And that's what this is. Delta Airlines, Major League Baseball, Coca-Cola. Hey, people of Georgia, you're actually going to be healthier if you never drink another Coca-Cola again. So, um, no nothing. Stop it right now. No name calling. You didn't use profanity that time, but we don't do name calling here. This is your last chance. I am going to actually uh, put you in timeout, Mr. Know Nothing, because I've already given you a warning, and you can come back later when you're out of timeout. So here we go. Um, you People of Georgia, you're going to be healthier if you don't drink Coca-Cola. So that's the bottom line. We have... A situation now where the Department of Justice is full-on political. Their attack on churches, their attack on uh, states' rights, there's attacks on the Constitution, which establishes that the state's are the source of voting qualifications. Now, what's even more stupid than the fact that the Department of Justice thinks that they're going to uh, sue Georgia and win, which they're not. Remember, it's not about winning. It's about political opinion to make people hate and boycott Georgia based on their Marxist lies and propaganda. Georgia's law passed is actually does more to protect rights. They've established permanent drop boxes that were, that were going to expire once the national emergency was over. They made it easy. They made it easier to vote in this law and harder to commit fraud. So in a vote, in a bill that makes it easier to vote and harder to commit fraud, but then you have the Department of Justice trying to stop that law. What does that actually tell us about the Department of Justice? It tells us that the Department of Justice wants to make it harder to vote and easier to commit fraud. 
That's what Merrick Garland really wants. If you know the facts of the case, if you know what's actually happening, if you know the law, the law makes it easier to vote and harder to commit fraud. The Department of Justice filing a lawsuit is lying about the law, absolutely lying about the law. And the corporate idiots are eating it up because they can't think past their own noses. They can't read. They're illiterate and incompetent. You have to know. They're lying about it. They're trying to defeat it, which means their sole purpose to make it harder to vote and to make fraud easier. That's the goal of Merrick Garland and this department of justice. So, Laughing at the fact that Merrick Garland's appointment was supposed to make the Department of Justice a non-political agency. Absolutely laughing about it. The next thing I want to talk about at the federal level, because this is a states' rights story, because states have the authority to determine voter registration and voter qualification. It's not the federal government's job. So... Um, here we go. I want to talk about this nomination of David Chapman as the director of ATF. Now I'm going to show you some video clips here and you're going to see why the appointment of David Chapman as director of the ATF is like putting the fox in charge of securing the lives of the hens. And that's what this is about. David Chapman hates guns. David Chapman hates gun owners. David Chapman hates the Second Amendment and anything in the state constitutions which permit gun owners to possess guns unless the federal government says they can. So David Chapman's entire premise here is that if the federal government doesn't give you permission specifically, and I would say in David Chapman's favorite world, he is the only one that gets to say, okay, you get to have a gun, you get to have a gun, you don't get to have a gun. Every single permit would have to come through David Chapman in David Chapman's world. And so I want to share with you, um, this is actually John Cornyn asking David Chapman um, uh, what he thinks about gun owners. So I'm going to play this for you so you can hear this as well. Is a uh, law-abiding gun owner a threat to public safety in your view? Um, thank you for that question, Senator. Um, if the term law-abiding means someone has lawfully possessed a gun, there are often occasions that that person then goes on to commit a violent crime. There you go. Law-abiding citizens, in David Chapman's view, are simply, and if they own a gun, right, Law-abiding citizens who own a gun in David Chapman's perspective is someone who is merely a potential criminal. Now, this comment is not isolated, by the way. 
It is not isolated in any way, shape, or form. I'm gonna. I'm about to show you a comment that he made. Um, that was pointed out by Mike Lee. Okay, Mike Lee. And so I'm gonna. Let me. Yeah, I think maybe I should tell you a little bit about David Chapman. So David Chapman was an ATF agent. Okay. He was an ATF agent, uh, and he actually was an ATF agent who was assigned to Waco. Yep, yep. Chapman was one of the agents who was assigned to Waco, Texas, to help the ATF uh, recover from their raid on the Branch Davidians and to assist the trial team to spin their yarn of deception. So, um, let's see. Let me put this one up here for you. I don't know if you're going to be able to read this, but we'll put this up here just so you can see what I'm reading from. Can I make it a little bigger for you? There we go. So, uh, Waco was supported, how Waco happened, was supported by Chip, Chipman. I keep calling him Chapman, I think. His name is Chipman, actually. And Chipman publicly defended and justified the Waco raid. Of course he did, because he was sent by the ATF to do damage control. Right. So Chipman says, I work for the government for 25 years and I understand how to trust in government, uh, how I understand how trust in government has been harmed because, you know, we should all trust government. Uh, Please remember, however, that it was agents on the ground who let the public know the truth about these incidents when some sought to cover up inconvenient truths. Okay, so he's talking about the whistleblowers. Okay, the whistleblowers in the uh, FBI, the ATF, who told us that Waco was exactly the opposite of what the federal government, you know, was going after. You see, if the government wanted to to prosecute David Koresh for any kind of, you know, sexual violations on minors charges, then that should have been done at the state level. But the federal government then just absolutely completely fabricated a story and went down and murdered people. Absolutely murdered people. And so here what we have is Chipman one mouth defending the whistleblowers and the second mouth spreading his own lies. He says cult members, talking about the Davidians, used 2.5 caliber barrettes to, and, and that's not my arrow, I'm, I'm doing a direct quote, to shoot down two Texas Air National Guard helicopters. In reality, um, no helicopters by any means were shot down, and the whistleblowers sh- sh- taught us that. So Chipman is a gun-hating, federal government-loving, 
power-grabbing, rights-destroying hack. Now, I want you to see this this, question, this line of questioning from uh, Mike Lee to, to Chapman. And we have a couple things we're going to listen to on here. The first one... Uh, the first one begins, let me get our clock set up here, right, do, 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 right there. Okay. All right. Now, here we go. We'll make it big for you. Owners, uh, saying that they were, quote, more like Tiger King and then uh, advising them. Back this up a little bit. Uh, I, I, need to, I need to start right here. So let me back this up right there. There you go. I, I'd like to start with you. Um, I believe Senator Cornyn uh, referred briefly to uh, uh, a statement that I, I independently found concerning, a statement that you had posted on Reddit back in 2019 when you said, quote, while at ATF, I conducted studies involving people who failed background checks to determine how many later committed crimes with a gun. Many did. This is a perfect opportunity to arrest people before committing crimes rather than responding after the fact. Close. Did you catch that? This dude says that we need to arrest people before they commit crimes. Arrest people before they commit crimes. I'm just curious how that even works out before they commit crimes. Now, let's go ahead and move now to up here to uh, Mike Lee's next question. Are you ready? So Cornyn be- uh, Chipman believes that we need federal background checks so that we can arrest people before they commit crimes. openly mocked first-time gun owners. Uh, saying that they were, quote, more like Tiger King. And then uh, advising them in a, uh, quite a, uh, a mockery to hide their gun, quote, behind the cans of tuna and beef jerky they have stored in a cabinet and only bring that out if the zombies start to appear, close quote. When I first saw this, I... Now, I'm going to skip you now to the opportunity that Chipman has to respond and see how he tries to recover from these statements. Remember, the statements here are that, number one, uh, first-time gun, number one, uh, we need background checks to arrest people before they commit crimes. That was a quote. He was reading it. And it was very clear he wasn't making anything up. And by the way, Chipman's not going to say, I didn't say that. Okay. And secondly, he's going to say, uh, he's going to try to defend the fact that he said that first-time gun owners were people who hid their guns behind tuna cans like Tiger King waiting for the zombies. Right? First-time gun owners are people who hide their guns behind the tuna can waiting for zombies like Tiger King, right? So listen to how he tries to defend this. It's, it's, it's freaking hilarious, seriously, freaking hilarious. 
Senator, uh, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to uh, address both of these comments that I believe were misunderstood and taken out of context. I'll, I'll start with the first. Um, taken out of context. Is that not typical of these people? When you give me when you give me a direct quote where I sound like an idiot. It's because you took me out of context. When I said that federal gun law should allow us to uh, give us an opportunity to arrest people before they commit crimes, you actually took me out of context. Listen to this. Listen to this. When I was talking about um, the um, prosecution of people who had lied and tried to buy a gun, Um, Clearly, those people who lie and try have committed a serious federal felony. And what I suggested is if we did research, we could determine which of those people were most likely to later commit some violent crime. And I do believe it would be ATF's mission, that of prosecutors, to prosecute those people who committed a serious federal felony before, um, you know, striking again and killing someone. So they should arrest somebody for a serious for for committing a serious federal felony before they actually commit the serious federal felony. Now, if you're wondering, is he saying, um, what I meant was we should arrest people after they commit the crime? Um, then you're going to have to listen to Mike Lee because Mike Lee's on this. Let's let's listen because he's totally catching. This guy is such a liar, such a liar. Listen to this. With respect to the other quote, I'll just say briefly. So are you saying that you, what you in fact meant was before committing other crimes and after committing a predicate crime? Is, is, is that what you're telling me that you meant when you, when you said this is a perfect opportunity to arrest people before committing crimes? rather than responding after the fact. Is that what you meant? Senator, um, thank you for the question. Thank you for the opportunity to clarify. Isn't this guy just such a weasel? I mean, seriously, how do you not look at him and get total weasel vibes? Total weasel vibes. I just, I, I, I I don't even get it. What I said was that I think that in certain circumstances, It is absolutely the mission of ATF to arrest people for lying on a federal firearms form, a five-year felony. Right, because that's a crime. That is a crime. And it's the one I was speaking about in the quote that you were saying, sir. Okay, but you said before committing crimes. Before committing an additional violent crime, which is something I was seeing at ATF. He did not say additional violent crime. I want you to see that there now he's going back and trying to absolutely get to this equivocation. He's he's lying. And now he's like the kid who's been caught, you know, stealing out of mom's purse. No, I, I, I didn't take that money. Well, what I what I mean is, yeah, I took the money, but. You don't understand. I I took the money because I had the purpose of taking that money. And in reality, I took the money because I thought I clearly heard you say that I could have the money. 
I don't mean to like steal money. I didn't mean that I was stealing the money from you when I took the money. And I, in reality, I don't even really, I, I don't even really mean that I was taking the money because you called me taking the money. When I said I took the money, I didn't actually mean took the money. I meant, I meant that, that I removed it from its present position because I thought you told me to relocate it. That's that this is this guy is such a liar. People would lie and try and then go through other means, acquire a gun and hurt someone. Okay, so that that statement was sort of an an invisible brackets. Is is that what you mean? I love that. Invisible brackets. So that that invisible parenthetical that we were supposed to see in your mind, which you never said when you actually said um, we should arrest people before they commit crimes. Or is that just what you're saying that you meant? At the time, I did my best to communicate and clearly as example. Uh, Here we go. Liar tactic number two. Okay. Liar tactic number two is, um, okay, you caught me and um, I'm sorry, I misspoke. I'm not a good speaker. I promise I'll do better next time. At the time, I did my best to communicate and clearly as examples here, I fell short. I will try to do better. Okay, how about the other statement? That is, yeah, I love that, Eddie Haskell. That would be a blast from the past. You know, Eddie Haskell was a butt-kissing liar, and that's exactly who this guy is, a complete and total butt-kissing liar. Now listen how he gets around the first-time gun owners. Remember that. First-time gun owners... This is a statement. First-time gun owners are like Tiger King who hide their guns behind the tuna fish cans waiting for the zombies. Now, remember, the subject of the sentence is first-time gun owners. Okay? Here we go. Uh, With regards to the comments that I made on Cheddar, um, that was a lengthy interview. What I was trying to use is self-depreciating humor. The person who had a gun stormed behind his tuna and beef jerky was me. Did you catch that? The person with storing his gun behind the tuna and the beef jerky was me. Okay, are you telling us you're a first-time gun owner, David Chipman? A first-time gun owner, by the way, who bought their gun because of the lockdowns, right? So the predicate was first-time gun owners who purchased guns based on the lockdown are like the Tiger King who hides their gun behind the tuna fish waiting for the zombies. And here he is. It's about me. I want you to see just how, how, how convenient it was I stopped this like this. This is body language, by the way. This is body language indicating a liar right there. I don't think I could have actually stopped this in such a better place. Because this is the body language, and I'm not like a body language expert, but I know a little bit enough about it to know this is like textbook, body language liar. And I was saying that all of us were acting in new ways as a response to COVID, and I thought that people... (laughs) Dude, seriously, the fact that this guy is still able to show his face in public still able to like stand upright i i don't i don't even know what a 
despicable piece of trash. People should be very clear that when they bring a gun in their home, they need to be properly trained. So again, so oh, wait, I'll keep going. Hold on. Um, we have oftentimes the ability to talk to the media. Sometimes that's taken out of context and I'm sorry for any confusion. Okay. So, 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 okay. 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 Listen, listen to this. Ready? First time gun owners responding to the pandemic are like the tiger king who hide their guns behind the tuna fish and beef jerky waiting for the zombies. That was taken out of context. What he really meant was sometimes it's dangerous to have a gun in your house. And I was talking about me. (laughs) That's what he just said. Sometimes it's dangerous. Sometimes it's dangerous to have a gun in your house. And I was talking about me. I, 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 I don't even, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know. Fusion I made when I was trying to um, point out the fact that sometimes bringing a gun into your home if you're untrained is a particularly dangerous thing to do. So if you're the Tiger King responding to the pandemic and you hide your gun behind the tuna fish and the beef jerky, um, you should know in Chipman's language, that means you should be careful and get gun training. Like me. I need to get done gun training. I need to get done gun training. And when I said that, um, that we need to have federal laws so that we can gun laws so that we can arrest people before they commit crimes in the Chipman world of translation. What that really means is, uh, before they commit crimes really means after they've committed a crime. Um, and before they have the opportunity to commit another crime, but we're not going to arrest them for that future crime. We're going to arrest them for that current crime because we know that people who lie to the government will, uh, that, that lie on federal forms will eventually commit future violent crimes. I just, I just, I have just now become eligible for my master's degree in Chipman translation. My master's degree on Chipman translation. The man is crazy. Now, what's crazy is here he is on Reddit, you know, they're quoting him on Reddit. They're quoting him on uh, interviews that he's done with the media. And he's claiming, um, I'm not really good at talking to the media. But what you need to know is that this guy is actually, right, when he retired from the ATF, okay, he went and worked for uh, let me, let me back this up really quick. He went and worked for an organization called Americans for Responsible Solutions. Americans for Responsible Solutions is a group whose stated goal is to encourage election officials to stand up for solutions to prevent gun violence and protect responsible gun 
ownership. It typically, according to Wikipedia now, it typically supports Democrat politicians in elections. And the organization merged with the Law Center to Prevent Gun Violence to become Giffords. So it is now called Giffords, uh, named after Gabby Giffords. And it is not a gun control advocacy, as they claim they are. It is a gun control, it is a gun elimination organization. So that, uh, as he said, we don't want Americans to be gun owners. Because law-abiding gun owners, he says, are really just future criminals. I'll play that again because it was a little while since we, we heard that one, right? So, go back to the beginning. John Cornyn, Chipman says, law-abiding gun owners are actually just future criminals, which is probably why he thinks that gun control laws should include an application in which we can actually identify who owns guns so that we can arrest people before I'm going to write that down just so we can we can get this while I play this I'm going to write down these notes so I can say it to you in a way that is completely completely uh in chronological order based on Chipman translation here we go is a uh, law-abiding gun owner a threat to public safety in your view um Thank you for that question, Senator. Um, if the term law-abiding means someone has lawfully possessed a gun, there are often occasions that that person then goes on to commit a violent crime. So, okay. So he tells you that law-abiding, that people, law-abiding gun owners are potential criminals. Therefore... We need gun laws that require people to fill out applications so that we can arrest people before they commit crimes. Which people? The law-abiding gun owners. Because law-abiding gun owners, he says, are potential criminals and we must arrest people before they commit crimes. Those are his words. And that gun owners are really like Tiger King who hide their guns behind tuna fish and beef jerky waiting for the apocalypse. So they're not really human beings anyway. Not human beings that matter if they own a gun. They should just simply be arrested because they own guns. And that's the guy the Democrats want to put in charge of the ATF. Now, that totally should not surprise you in any way, shape, or form. Because guess what? This administration hates gun owners. They hate anything that has to do with freedom. They hate anything that has to do with liberty. They hate anything that has to do with the Constitution, the natural rights of the people, and the people's natural right to secure themselves. They want you completely dependent upon the government. They want you completely compliant with the government. They want you completely 
completely in agreement with the government. No dissent, no contention, no disagreement. Because if you would agree, disagree and you want to exercise any of your rights, you are a pre-potential criminal and you should be in jail anyway. Because people who will disagree with government are actually people who hate I don't know. People who disagree with government are criminals. That's what they're basically saying. So the this administration, by the way, no nothing. I'm pretty sure I didn't say Democrats, okay? This administration and the people in this administration hate the Constitution and they hate liberty. They don't hate freedom, by the way. There is not a single Democrat out there that hates freedom. So if you're going to quote me, you better get me right. They don't hate freedom. They love freedom because freedom is lawlessness. Freedom is anarchy. But the people in this administration, evidenced by the ones they put in office, Merrick Garland hates the Constitution, hates your liberty, hates natural rights of the people. Every action he has taken since he's been in office has been contrary to those three things aggressively contrary to those these things now you got chipman being nominated who hates the constitution hates gun owners has declared publicly that gun owners ought to be arrested for pre-crimes and that nobody should be able to own a gun until he approves it so there's your constitutional liberty lesson and You know what? If you disagree with government, this is what they want to do to you. And this is the Marxist way of life. So you must be willing to stand up for your rights because they're not your rights. They're the rights of the people coming after you, your children and your grandchildren. You must be willing to stand up. As James Otis Jr. said, consequences be as they may. We must be determined to proceed we must be determined to stand we must be determined to uh keep the rights of the people intact uh and just to answer the question shortly uh i believe the only uh limit on the right to keep and bear arms that should be allowed in a civil society are the ones that say Uh, If you've harmed someone or threatened to harm someone with a gun, you have relinquished your rights. So we don't punish people for disagreeing with us, and we don't punish people for something they have not done. In America, the criminal justice system is not designed to stop crimes. The criminal justice system is designed to punish people who violate the law. And the laws should be bound by the law of nature that says my actions should have no limits unless I now harm or control the rights of another. And in order to have the government have a lawful authority to regulate my firearms, then guess what? I must have done something wrong first to predicate that It is not something that can be taken from me in anticipation of something that I may or may not to do. Uh, Training is a personal responsibility. It is not a government responsibility. 
if you're going to go into actual service, then you can be trained by the government, but uh, you're perfectly capable of training on the, on your own. As a matter of fact, I've received no government training of any value at all. Um, all the training that I've done is on my own, on my own time and on my own dime. And I believe that every American should be free to do that as well. But no government is necessary to regulate our right to keep and bear arms because a government that can regulate our right to keep and bear arms is a government that owns you. Because the authority to regulate your right to keep and bear arms is the authority to determine whether you get to live or die. And that's why the Second Amendment reads, shall not be infringed. Do you know what the word infringed means? That word infringed means on the fringe. So your right to keep and bear arms, the government should not even be approaching the fringe of it, the outside. That's what a regulation is. Infringing. Regulations like on your rights. But fringe... Fringe, infringed, on the fringe. They're not even allowed to touch the fringe of your rights. And if you uh, have any questions about that, I'm not teaching that class today, but we have classes like that at libertyfirstuniversity.com. So, um, you know, that's that's the way this works. Uh, We never gave government the permission to regulate our rights. On the state level, some state constitutions do regulate, uh, do gather the permission from the people to regulate on how they're carried, but there is no state constitution that allows the state government to regulate what they can own, how they can own it, uh, and how they can use it, other than you cannot harm or control the right of another. So we went a little bit long today. Uh, My apologies to Strike TV. But we are happy that you are here with us learning about your natural rights, not your constitutional rights, not your government-given, politician-ascribed permission slip assigning rights, your natural rights coming by the nature of your creation. And we are happy to spend this Friday with you. And so now our show is over. So remember, if you liked the show, if you learned things from this show, uh, please, I'm going to, I'm going to type this in here so you guys can see this. Please, if I can do this, I don't like this keyboard. (laughs) Please like and share. Please like and share if you liked this show. When you, when you like it and when you share it, when you share it, leave a comment about how much you enjoyed today's show, how much you learned from today's show. And JC and I will be back with you on Monday. So glad to have you with us. God bless and see you next time.